and welcome to another episode of the Roach Coach Podcast, the journey to create the new metal canon. My name is Lauren Kozlowski. With me, as always, the Indigo Angel, Jennifer Bloomer. Hello. And the original Roach Rider, Mr. Matt Nas. Keep it rolling, baby. There we go. Today, we are back. We are dealing with somebody that uh, we haven't done in a long time, uh, Lincoln Park, and their sophomore release, Meteora. It just felt like it was time. I thought so. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking all about that album. Uh, but before we get to that, we've got to talk about our live show. What? Wow. That's right. We got our live show coming up during the Detroit Improv Festival, Saturday, August 11th at 6 p.m. at Affirmations in Ferndale, Michigan. I'm going to be there. Jenny. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'll be Matt. there. Matt. I'll be there. Yep, that's right. And hopefully you will be there. Tickets are on sale now. DetroitImprovFestival.org. Get your ticks. Only 10 bucks. And uh, we'll be doing, in case you didn't know, new metal songs by non-new metal artists. And we've already received quite a few recommendations. Keep them coming. Keep on sending them. Post them on our Facebook. Send us in a DM. Send us an email. RoachCoachPodcast at gmail.com. Keep them coming. Some interesting ones have come down. Some ones that I, uh, you know, I, I keep thinking I've seen it all. I haven't seen it all. I'm, I'll never see it all. But mm-hmm. yeah, lots of interesting surprises down there. Um, the other thing that we have to talk about is the uh, Nashville Rock and Pod Expo too. Rock and Pod two, August twenty fifth, the Nashville Palace. We will be there. Head from Corn is going to be there. Talk to me podcast. Producer extraordinaire Toby Wright, Discography Discussion podcast, lots of other podcasts, vendors, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, I was listening to Toomey's podcast just the other day, and he was saying, bands, show up, make connections. As people have said, you get you get mentioned on us, you get that Roach Coach bump. The RKB. That's right. So, I mean, look what happened with uh, my ticket home. They're huge. Huge now because they got the Roach Coach bump. <laughs> That's right. So they're Buying um, their mom's houses. Mm-hmm. Not, but buying houses for their moms, not buying, buying their, moms. their mom's houses. <laughs> Get out of here, mom. I'm, this is mine now. Yeah, they're totally um, fucking over their parents. <laughs> That's how famous they are. And, uh, and finally, uh, kind of tying that in, so a new segment I'm calling the Putney Update. Putney Update. So, if you may recall, the My Ticket Home album was produced by Will Putney. And Fuego. We consider to just be... The Man of Flames. The Man of Flames. So, he is producing an album by uh, the band Night Versus, who uh, longtime Roach Riders may remember is a band that Ross Robinson produced their last record. And um, he is now producing them... And they have ditched their lead singer, which, as I recall correctly, Jenny felt was definitely the weak part of that band. And they are now strictly instrumental. And let me tell you, they are rocking. And I'm not much of an instrumental rock guy, but this is a pretty killer record. Also, we got an email from listener Kale Kehoe, who told us to check out the band Vane. Check them out. They were heavy as fuck. New metal as fuck. I was like, who produced this thing? Once again, Putney, he's everywhere. He's got his fingers in all these pies. 
If there's a pit being activated somewhere, <laughs> odds are our boy Putney is behind it. Putney Pyman? Putney Pyman. <laughs> Putney Pyman. He's lurking somewhere with his fingers in the pies, just watching <laughs> yes, the just pit. Just watching the pit. <laughs> just smushing the pie. Just, yes, just circling. Circle, my baby, circle. <laughs> Squishing the pie in his hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Putney doesn't deserve that. It's just a just a index finger coated in pie filling. Oh, so gross. So gross. Do not shake hands with Putney. Do not. Oh, and, and remember, fair Roach Riders and Indigo Angels, going back to Rockin' Pod. Yes. You know that I'm going to be scouring the booths for that sweet, sweet new metal collectibles. There we go. So I'm doing it for you. I'm going to find my favorite and give it away. All right. Um, and finally, guys, who's tweeting? Who's tweeting? Who is? So we did a helmet episode during our New Metal Forefathers Month, and we got some feedback. We sure did. Over on Facebook, uh, Tarek says, oof, man, this is polarizing. Helmet are one of the most important noise rock bands ever, and I'm pretty sure they hate their association, blame, for New Metal. Still, it can't be denied that the staccato riffing was largely influenced by them. Tuning in the second I get into work. Thank you for that. Ben Rusky says, haven't finished the episode yet, but no matter what, it influenced this album. The influence this album has always and will always rule hard. Hashtag begrudgingly a papa. Josh Toomey says, I feel like this is an episode that feels like how a Vietnam vet feels about hearing a book report on Nam. You weren't there, man. You don't know. Hashtag concerned uncle. <laughs> uh, Jake Leach said, anyone interested in starting Butt Strut, the journey for the Butt Rock Cannon? No, Jake. Jake, that's yours. <laughs> that's cruel. Run with that. Yeah, you you do that hey, one. If you, need it, if you need it to be hosted somewhere, Gabber yeah. Media is always looking. Yeah. That's that one's your journey. All right. <laughs> Butt Strut. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nick Jones says, when I listen to this, you can clearly hear the influence on why Helmet might be a papa. However, it just isn't funky slash groovy enough. However, I'm going to make a suggestion. Check out LAPD, who's laughing now from 1991. Three out of five corn members kind of makes me wonder if that album should be considered for the canon for or a papa status. Uh, Dimebag's damage plan found newfound power 100% is a new metal record was such a letdown when it came out for anyone who was a fan of Pantera because it was so clean and slick like a lot of new metal. Still, Helmet are a great band and this album is killer. I still want Stuck Mojo. Nick, you have been heard. Yo, man, Nick Nick threw a lot at us in that one. The Damage Plan record, Stuck Mojo. Um, we, we hear you. Uh, Derek said, I like this idea for Father's Month. Nice change of pace. You guys are listening to music you actually have history with, so I'm sure it's fun for you guys as well. Uh, yes. That was a fun month. Fun Father's month. Father's Month was very fun. Uh, Timothy John Henderson says, I never listened to Helmet before, so this was a fun educational episode for me. I gotta mention, when the lead singer does that scream and shout style vocals, I hear a lot of hardcore influence and was surprised that that wasn't mentioned at all. I could see them doing really well as a main act at a hardcore festival, being the big special guest. Speaking of Clutch, I got to thank you guys for mentioning them so many episodes ago. I've gotten into them through you guys, and it's been fun checking their albums out. Am I wrong that Matt has not activated any pits on the Forefather episodes so far? I'm blown away that the pit wasn't activated for Bomb Track last week. I read that comment, and I was like, I was I just 
sitting in awe of rage that I forgot to activate the pit. I think I that think is so. what happened because I think so. Let's just consider it implied pits all over uh, the first album. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, but you are correct in calling me out. I didn't, and I should have. Uh, Greg said, man, now I am totally confused, Re, what is butt rock? Initially, I thought it was post-grunge with baritone vetter, but wannabes on vocals, but now with bands like Buck Cherry and ACDC, covers only, but still in the mix, I feel that we need a spinoff podcast to establish the butt rock canon. <laughs> All right, you guys, calm down. <laughs> Or or butt strut. Yeah, butt strut. Listen, Greg, Greg, contact Jake. Get get moving on butt strut. We will tune in every week as you guys listen to Buck Cherry and other bands. We don't know. (laughs) My my soul could not handle listening to that much butt rock. No way. I I mean, what do we even? I mean, what do we even finding? Like, yup, it's butt rock. Well, I'm never getting those three listens back. But but has butt rock existed throughout rock and roll history? I I bet. I yeah. feel like it has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there are certainly people who are probably fans of butt rock who would never, ever listen to new metal records the way that we do. So mm-hmm. that's true. To each their own. But I'll be. Mm. Staying out of the way of that butt <laughs> as much as possible. Uh, over on Twitter, Kareem says, my progression of listening to this album. We've got a smiling emoji, eyebrow raised emoji, slightly frowning emoji, wincing emoji, deeply wincing emoji, shush emoji. <laughs> Whoa, wow. Oh, what a journey. What a journey. Uh, Soren said, uh, posted a, um, a video uh, from YouTube, how Deftones write a song in depth from the artist series. Uh, it's an interesting breakdown, more or less what you've been saying all along. I did watch this video and um, very nice of him to say that this is what we've basically been saying. This guy goes really in depth on how uh, Deftones write a song. Um, but it was very nice right up top when they said, uh, when he said, Chino is known for his... Uh, he didn't say sensual, but he said like sexual vibe. And I was like, okay, it's not just us. Everyone gets it. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you couldn't get it. Yeah. Because yeah. you're going to get it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Even yeah. if people say they don't get it. You yeah, get it. You get it. You get it. All right. Over on Instagram, Trevor Danger says, for a guy who only knows two helmet songs and hasn't listened to Betty, Lauren sure talks like he knows their style. Helmet's improvisational, smiley face. Uh, the highlight of this episode is finally learning what kind of music Jenny loves, and it's noise rock. Much respect for the Schlack reference, and Lauren gets props for the pinback slash goblin cock reference. Jenny should definitely check out Whore's Band and McCluskey. Uh, well, I love McCluskey. Oh, and yeah. I think I listened to Horse once, but Horse Band said, "Yeah, Jenny, you know what? This is the first of seeing this, so I'll listen. It's been out there for a while, but I, I didn't know. Uh, but yeah. yes, it's true. It's true. I like noise rock. There you go. Um, and uh, last comment: I am Mundus said, "Please listen to Betty." Okay, okay, we'll get around to it. Um, I gotta say, um, actually having the Horse Band. Uh, Instagram yell at you in all caps to listen to them. That is a real thirsty move. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? 
I, uh, as as a thirsty motherfucker myself, <laughs> I, was say, I appreciate the hustle. Are we not thirsty? Do oh, we yeah. not beg people to leave us iTunes reviews? The thirst yeah. is real on the coach. Come oh yeah, on. absolutely. We are. I just imagine us in like a dusty ass desert. Uh, we just need uh, twelve more reviews. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of the Juggalo Hundo, <laughs> Juggalo Hundo, one hundred. We are at um, well, how many? Uh, we have eighty-one on the American iTunes with our international numbers. What does that bring us to, Matt? Uh, that would be, I believe, eighty-eight. Let me double check, but I believe that's eighty-eight. Eighty-eight, Jenny. Where does that bring us in getting to the Juggalo Hundo? Um, if it is eighty-eight. Then it's mm-hmm. going to be 88% of the way there. Okay. But if, so, it, if it's not 88, then the percentage would probably be different. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, the uh, Juggalo Hundo, once we get 100 reviews on iTunes, we will do a special ICP episode all about the amazing Jacko Brothers. We're so close. We're so close. Uh, so keep on posting those reviews. And uh, that is it for Who's Tweeting. Keep on tweeting Facebook and say hello. RoachCoachPodcast at gmail.com. And um, always remember, you can always find every single episode of Roach Coach at GabberMedia.com slash RoachCoach. Our album of the week, Meteora by Linkin Park. Jenny, when did this album come out? This album was released on March 25th, 2003. Okay, that is the come down. Oh yeah, yeah. Jenny, any history with uh, Meteora? This song was uh, this song. Great. This album was uh, massively successful. Got a lot of rotation. So um, I heard whatever songs were on the radio. I'd never actually listened to the album though. So uh, yeah, I, I I've never been much of a of a big Lincoln Park fan, but their music, if you were listening or watching anything around this time, was impossible not to hear. Yeah. Um. So that is it for me, uh, Lauren. How about you? So this was a hotly anticipated record for myself and my buddy McCarty. We were roommates in college at the time. We were counting down to this record. They were dropping singles. We were getting very excited. We bought it day it came out from, I believe, Kmart in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Um, I want to say like 10 bucks, 10, 11 bucks. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not super expensive. Um, uh, so, yeah, so this is a copy from the collection that I have here. Um, and, um, yeah, this was, uh, this was in regular rotation all through... 2003 summer 2003 i remember i was working for my college radio station and i was like i said in the past i was slow on the pickup that people did not like new metal you know i just felt it was super popular and this everybody liked it i just wasn't paying attention and um i was talking to a woman who worked for a college um indie record label and She's like, what are you listening to right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm listening to Meteora. And she's like, oh, my God. She got super upset. She got so mad. And I was like, whoa, chill out. And then I was talking to a guy and uh, some other from another um, college um, record label. And uh, I told him that I was listening to Meteora. And he goes, you know, the rapping on that is bad, right? And I was like, 
whoa, what, what are you talking about? He's like, if you listen to real rap, you know that that's bad rap. And I was like, geez, man, everybody's coming for these guys. So, yeah. But, that um, 100% would have been me. <laughs> I would have been like, that's bad, Lauren. <laughs> uh, Matt Nas, History with Meteora. Um, so mostly radio. This was not a pickup for me. Uh, but you couldn't, this album was enormous. You couldn't, I was like, I don't think I know any songs off of Meteora. And then I looked at the track list and I was like, oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. It is just an album that has been used in everything. Just mm-hmm. like the first record. Like, I thought some songs on this were on the first record. That's how big they were. Yeah. Like, I thought Numb was on the first record. And it Second. is not. No. Nope. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah, I thought I didn't know any songs from this either until I actually gave it a listen. And I, oh, I thought all these songs were on the first record, even though we listened to that. And <laughs> I did. knew that they weren't. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this was um, was a very big record. Um, it has sold over 27 million copies worldwide, and is certified seven times platinum in America. Jesus Christ! Wow. And think it's their second best-selling album. The album art here is heavily um, just a lot of graffiti. People making graffiti spray painting graffiti art um also each song has uh, a little bit of a little uh bit of information written about it sort of like a, a making of uh so we can visit that as we go through producer on this record jenny who do we got oh who do we got don gilmore okay and so the don- band and the band uh don gilmore i believe did hybrid theory as well he did. Um, for some reason, he does not have a wiki, but I'm pretty sure he is um, pretty deep in that new metal. Like he's he's not just uh, not just Linkin Park. He's also done. Oh wait, hold on. Maybe they just didn't have a hyperlink. Oh no, that's not him. They just sent me to Don Eugene Gilmore, a member of the Ohio House of Representatives. Not the person <laughs> I'm looking for. You never know. Yeah. Also, this guy died in 1990. So if he, pro- oh no, he died in 2003. Okay. Either way. Not important. Jenny, who is in Linkin Park on this album? On this album, we have Chester Bennington on vocals, uh, Mike Shinoda on rap vocals, uh, Brad Delson on lead guitar, Dave Farrell on bass, Johan on uh, turntables, samples programming, and Bob Borden on drums and percussion. There we go. Also, for those keeping uh, track at home, Dave Farrell also goes by phoenix and uh, uh, and the thing with uh, phoenix is that he quit the band prior to hybrid theory then was like that was a mistake and he came back and he's been in the band ever since uh don uh, don gilmore mm-hmm. uh he has these are the bands that he fucks with uh, yes. <laughs> Dashboard Confessional, more Lincoln Park. Um, we got some later corn. We got Trust Company, uh, Lit, a lot of Sugar Ray, Rob Zombie, uh, Good Charlotte. So around that time, a lot of like very popular radio rock type stuff. 
Um, he was an engineer on the Temple of the Dog self-titled album. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's Don Gilmore's deal. Well, all right. Um, I guess that's everything we have about the album. Oh, genre tags. We've got quite a few, quite a few genre tags here. New metal, rap metal, alternative metal, rap rock, and alternative rock. A lot of tags. A lot of tags. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess we will dive into this thing. So we have basically an intro song into the first song. So we'll just play that one into the first song. So it's forward into Don't Stay. Jenny, thoughts on Don't Stay? Um, well, it sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it sounds like proficient. It sounds, it just, uh, I guess I wasn't really, like, moved by it in any kind of way. I, I didn't feel that it was a hot open. Um, but... Uh, as I recall, when we listened to Hybrid Theory, I said it sounds like something you'd listen to in your minivan. Um, I still feel that way. It's mm-hmm. just to me, it it just like there was nothing about it that like shook me or like I I didn't feel I didn't feel moved to to do anything as a result of this song. I just felt it sounded like. When I heard it, there was a part of me that was like, I feel like I would normally activate the pit here, but I don't feel like it's pit activating. I feel it's more like, it's time to raise your hands a little bit. It's kind of a party pit. Yeah. It's super Mm. poppy, I think. Lauren? I agree. It is very much super poppy. It's very clean. Um, There's not really any grit to it. It's basically like a new and improved one step closer. Like they took one step closer and they were like, let's tighten this up. But at the same time, though, it still has all these new metal as fuck moments. I mean, Mr. Han is scratching like crazy over that top. Like he's just scratching 
to oblivion. I thought it was a great start. There's a little bit, of, like I said, a little bit of trivia in the liner notes about this song. It says, uh, Mike and Brad's original guitar parts for this song had a reggae-style vibe. After numerous transformations, probably five or six different guitar variations, Brad developed the final recorded version under the working title Sick. This song was one of the first tracks finished for the album. Notably, Joe recorded the opening scratch solo on the first take. Hmm. But yeah, I thought it was a... It's uh, it's them in the pocket. Like, this is what they do. You know? Like, this is, this is Linkin Park. Like, if you were to play... Like any, I mean, this is this is what they. It's like you said, Matt. Like before we started, like this is what Lincoln Park sounds like, like without a doubt. Right. You know? Yeah. There, there isn't another band that sounds like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I do think it's very new metal. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just so very overtly new metal to me that I didn't think to mention. So yeah, I don't <laughs> think we have to worry about those genre tags being wrong. But mm-hmm. it's there's just something about it that doesn't doesn't connect with me. I understand. Songmeanings.com. Um, it connected gonna, with those people, I bet. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to use a word um, I don't throw around a lot, but this is my word uh, that I'm using for the comments for this album on songmeanings.com. That word is legendary. Um, <laughs> they are... Okay, so the first track, Forward, which is an intro track that's about 18 seconds long, I mean, 13 seconds long. Um literally is just some noises being hit um and then a smashing sound um 30 comments everyone arguing about whether or not it's a beer bottle being broken or if mike shinoda was hitting a cd burner and then people saying cd burners don't make a sound if you hit them um people saying well this is one of many lincoln park songs i relate to and then everyone going back and forth it's just um it's a classic song meanings.com shit show don't stay's comment section commenter Benjamin Coldfan. <laughs> All oh, right. No. He said, "Forget our memories. I don't need you anymore. I can relate to this since last year. I'm trying real hard to get over girls slash people that pissed me off, make me feel bad, or just ignored me." I believe his name is accurate. All right. Next up, Somewhere I Belong.
Jenny, thoughts on Somewhere I Belong? I like it better than the first track. Ooh. Sounds like Linkin Park. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's impossible for me now to like listen to these lyrics and not think about the fact that Chester committed suicide about a year ago. Yeah. It, I, uh, yeah. The way that I would have listened to this before that is probably a lot different. Mm -hmm. Listening to it now, I don't know. It's, I it just like, I can't unknow that like it, it definitely like colors my listen here but yeah i mean again they sound good it's it's fine it's just like i, I don't know why what it is exactly that i don't really love about it that's just not it's just not for me i think longtime listeners and as a guy who's been here on this whole <laughs> trip with you mm -hmm. will know that this is incredibly produced incredibly polished and the stuff i hear you like more often it's a bit more raw yeah i think so you, you said something very interesting there that knowing that chester took his life hearing these lyrics adds a weight to it that i don't think i would have had on a casual listen back in 03 yeah you know like Definitely coming out of grunge and definitely coming out of a place where and listening to industrial and goth and music where it, you, you kind of lead with your depression. I Maybe I've become a little bit more numb to that over the years to be like, no, that's he's playing in that pocket. You know, that's every teenager has those feelings. And maybe that's just my full on ignorance but that's what i would think about something like that it's like oh this is this is playing to those kids that have those feelings yeah 100%. instead of like no he was really saying something which mm -hmm. i definitely would not have given him which is bad on me i guess like for not yeah. picking it's more on me than like chester it's like we didn't pick up on it well, I think also part of it is that it's very direct. Because if you think of somebody, I mean, if we think of two other artists who have taken their own lives, Kurt Cobain and um, Chris Cornell. If you go through their music, obviously, like the grunge aspect of things. I mean, certainly Chris Cornell had the song like, like Suicide off of Super Unknown. But it still had a bit more of, I don't want this to seem like, like a, a bit more poetry to it a bit more imagery and with the way that um, Chester's lyrics are, it's, it's just a very direct like sadness. It's not even necessarily always it's, it's sacrificing an artfulness for an, for a directness. Do you get what I'm saying? And it's hidden mm -hmm. inside of this incredible new metal pop song. Yeah, exactly. So it has this sheen to it that I think maybe it makes it seem less dire than it actually was yeah for sure and in 2003 that was like my freshman year of college and I was certainly somebody who was like nobody knows the darkness of my soul like <laughs> fuck you like new metal and like whatever even though I had like enjoyed new metal quite a bit so um yeah, like at the time, I do remember just like thinking 
without even having listened to it, like just making the judgment that it was shitty, which is just like on me for being mm-hmm. like a snooty ass teenager, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, listening to it now, it's it is weird. It's just like I don't know. He is just straight up being like, I'm yeah. in a lot of pain, but it's just yeah. like so glossed over. It doesn't because yeah. it doesn't sound. I feel like almost and maybe it, I'm just not hearing it, but it's like the sincerity of the pain isn't coming through or something, even though it's there, even in this song, that's it's not always true. Like there are some songs later mm-hmm. that I was like, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm starting to get it, but I just think that there's something for me when I listen to something that's so glossy in its production Mm-hmm. there's something about it that like makes me take it less seriously, which right. is, that's just like my personal experience with it. But I don't know. Well, you know what? Uh, I had thought about this a little bit also. Do you remember, obviously we all remember that song by Britney Spears, Lucky. Yeah. Yes. I love that song. And how she starts it off by saying it's about some other girl. And then we, but obviously it's, as we've all learned from Britney Spears' career, clearly it's about her. And, but at the same time though, that was sort of like a joke. Like we didn't really like think, no one thought about like Britney Spears as being like an artist who is in trouble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, once again, like you said, that pop sheen, you know, can basically cover over a lot of things. It's 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 almost, if you want to go back, it's it's almost like a... Like every breath you take situation, you know, or something like that, where it's like, um, this is a song about, uh, you know, a stalker and you're playing at your wedding, but it's got that, you don't, people don't think about it. They hear everything else and they sort of undercut the lyrics, you know, or a song like, um, REM's, um, this one goes out to the one I love, which Mm. is like a brutally like, you know, song about like basically just someone using somebody else and, but people don't think about that. Getting deep on Getting the Roach deep. Coach. I know. I will mention, I watched all the music videos for this album. It was, a, it was like going back in time, you guys. It was like going back to 03. Um, the video for this song is basically Chester's Dream. You have giant anime structures, the band performing under a burning manga design, a giant CGI, creatures walking around, Shinoda rapping in a room full of what look like ninja nuns. Definitely not boring. All right, next up. Lying from you.
Chad, if you can go to a minute 59. Minute 59. Here we go. The very worst part of you. Yes, This isn't what I wanted to be. I never thought that what I said would have you running from me. Like this. This isn't what I wanted to be. I never thought that what I said would have you running from me. Like this. This isn't what I wanted to be. I never thought that what I said would have you running from me. I just love that bridge and the scream on that one is just, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm paying my money for. It's good old screams. So you liked this one. I love this one. I feel this is peak Linkin Park, peak of their powers. They're doing it all here. And you know what? I, I talked some shit about Shinoda the first time we did and I the, did Linkin Park on the show. And you know what? I'm walking it back. Because I listened to his recent solo album that he put out and listened to this. And I'm just, I like the guy. I like him. I'm back on board. I was just being a, just being a hater. Back on the Shinoda train. Back on the Shinoda train. Good, good. What'd you think of this one, Jenny? Uh, I liked the song. <laughs> I thought it was good. I yeah. liked that it was uh, much heavier than the songs we've heard so far. Uh, I thought Chester's screams at the end were great. This one, I actually, I like felt this one and I thought it was extremely new metal with uh, the samples and everything. So, uh, I, yeah, I really liked this one. I think this might be the first Linkin Park song that I've heard that I've been like, oh, I like this song. Um, I hadn't heard it before listening to this. I saw that it was released, uh, and they did that, uh, mashup with Jay-Z or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd never heard it. So yeah, it was a pleasant surprise. There you go. I, I oh I'm sorry. No, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Uh we have talked through many albums about the word dichotomy. One thing that comes to mind when I hear this is like they've got it right. They've got that balance right. They've got the hip hop vocalist low voice. Why am I blanking on his name? <laughs> Mike Shinoda. Mike, Mike Shinoda. Shinoda. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm glad I do a new metal podcast it's with you. It's forgivable, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll forget another real common new metal fact later. <laughs> yeah, make sure you write in Matt's mistakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're going to light you up for creating oh, that yeah. name, Matt. <laughs> so Mike Shinoda is exactly the counterpoint that Chester needs. Because, like, in this one, I feel like Chester goes in. Oh, like, yeah. He goes in on this song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that... It is not that Mike Shinoda is the best rapper, because he is not. But he knows exactly where he's supposed to be in the song to support Chester, to give it both sides, to give it the dichotomy that it needs mm-hmm. to to be the to be the song that it is. I think it's a great song. Um I think I'm going to stop talking because I think I've said what I needed to say. There it is. Okay. Boom, done. Cool. Yeah, I the thing I also noticed about it was that the guitars on this album are more melodic and not just a generic guitar wall, which is something that they did a lot of on Hybrid Theory where they sort of just let the guitars just sort of hang there and not really do anything beyond that for them. So I like that sort of artistic progression on that front. Um, 
I ended up going down while watching the videos, going down a bit of a Lincoln Park YouTube hole. Watched some live performances uh, that are on YouTube. There's some really good ones from a show they did in uh, England in 2008 called Road to Revolution, where they bring out Jay Z at the end and they do a bunch of uh, uh, songs with him. But there's a, a bit where he uh, they're performing with Jay Z and Chester does his scream i believe on this song because this is one that they mash up with jay-z and jay-z like looks at him and is like damn this guy like wow yeah <laughs> and it was just this uh, nice little moment uh, that i enjoyed uh songmeanings.com this song has 69 comments 69 Woo! dude cool very cool um everybody com- gets some yeah yes. <laughs> Commenter. Mouth to parts. <laughs> Mouth to parts. Sixty nine, dude. Yeah. I like our I like our preteen characters that we're creating here. Like two people who have never done anything sexual. Is it a character? Mouth to part. Yeah, Mitch is miserable. Definitely not virgins over here. No, no, no. I I have sex all the time. All oh. the time. Well, Matt, you have a baby. That so, is correct. So you know, <laughs> at I least once. So Jenny doesn't have a baby. So yeah. <laughs> I believe you 100%. Uh, commenter Greg Mark says, as usual, this is another really good song. As another commenter said, I think it's about maybe a boyfriend talking about his girlfriend, how much he loved her and tired, tried to make her happy, although it didn't always work. And I think it means that he lost her maybe to someone else or just lost her in general. So according to Greg... This song might be about somebody who basically misplaced their girlfriend. Or like she died or something. Oh, okay. That's a possibility too. I but just like the idea. there could be uh, missing signs. I like the idea like they went to the mall together and he was like, where'd she go? She was right next to me at the FYE. And now she's gone. Mm. Maybe they packed her up when they had to close the mm. FYE in the mall. That's possible. She might be in That's a shipping nice. container somewhere. Oh, man. If anybody finds Greg's girlfriend, he's <laughs> yeah. looking. Let him know. Go on songmeanings.com. As we learn, yeah. people come back and check. <laughs> they come back. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got Hit the Floor. Just too many times people have tried to look inside of me Wondering what I think of you when I protect you out of courtesy Too many times that I've held on when I needed to push away Afraid to say what was on my mind, afraid to say what I need to say Too many things that you said about me when I'm not around You think having the upper hand means you gotta keep putting me down But I've had too many handoffs with you, it's about as much as I can stand So I'm waiting until the upper hand is mine One minute you're on time Jenny, thoughts on Hit the Floor? Uh, I liked this song, too. I thought it was good. I Yeah, I think 
maybe their singles just don't necessarily get as heavy as the other things that I'm hearing. Uh, I've, I'd never heard this before our listens. Um, and I liked it. I could have done with less Shinoda on this song, but this was like his song. Mm, so, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that's like... Yeah. That's like how it goes when it's your song. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> you might be on it a little bit. I have important opinions. Uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just going to say I liked this one and throw it to you. <laughs> okay. Um, I wrote this is the Don't Get Cocky song. It's very hip hop. And then reading in the uh, in the liner notes, they said that they were trying to make a, uh, a, hip, a, song, a heavy song with a hip hop bounce. And this is what came out. I think they succeeded. Um, Songmeanings.com. 50 comments. Commenter Roroni Leishan Park said, This song to me is about two good friends who, after a gradual loss to mutual trust and friendship throughout the years, flip out on each other one day and one is crushed socially, not physically, under the other. Hmm. I love this website so much. Not physically. Not physically. Just to be clear. <laughs> Just to be clear. They're crushed on a social level. Right. This yeah. is an emotional crushing. This is not a physical crushing. Yes. They are not being pinned under something. Yes. Matt I appreciate Nas, the clarity. Yeah, thank you. Matt Nas, thoughts on Hit the Floor? Loved it. Um, again, showing that partnership between the two. Mm-hmm. Um wish that chester wouldn't have smoothed out his vocal at the end of it i i could have used a scream to get back into uh the verses but other than that um a pretty strong song all right let's keep it going up next we've got easier to run Jenny, thoughts on easier to run? Uh, I get the appeal of the song. It's like very like uh, I imagine everybody get their their lighters out. Sounds very big. Yes. Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. It's it's just that that's not going to be my kind of song. 
but I thought it was good for what it was. Mm-hmm. Lauren? Uh, yeah, I thought it was uh, pretty on point. It has like, uh, I thought a pretty re- re- relatable chorus. Um, definitely gave me a crawling vibe. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're, you know, doing like a new version of crawling. Um, but yeah, and there's also, um, I never noticed it before until I did these listens, that there is uh, some interesting synth lines going on underneath uh, Shinoda's part, which I had never noticed before. Matt Nas? I always like when Chester's screaming. The scream singing that he does on the It's Easier to Run mm-hmm. is never my favorite version of, of his voice. Mm-hmm. The The kind of soft-spoken whisper singing that he does in the verses again not my favorite aspect of his voice like i guess that's why i like i like when shinoda comes in on this song because it kind of gives him a break to provide that harmony with shinoda while shinoda Mm -hmm. is rapping like that's where he kind of comes in and adds flourishes um song the song does not take me there um I definitely think it's a real motherfucking deal song. It's a put your lighters in the air song for for real. I again use this song is probably a big touchstone in somebody's life. Like hell yeah, it's easier to run. Like I get mm-hmm. it, you know. So the song is very effective and impactful, but the production on it is a little too over the top for me. It's it doesn't work as well as I want it to. Okay. Next up, we got Faint. my friend you got it buddy don't like this song you hate lincoln park like get out of town this is an all-timer this is an all-timer i remember the first time i heard this song going well this is the best song on the album and then when they they made it a single and they made a video and this we'll talk about this video we'll talk about it jenny thoughts on faint uh i don't like it (laughs) (laughs) trash no uh i 
it's it is Lincoln Park. Yeah, it is Lincoln Park. Um, I must have always changed the station when this came on because I had no recollection of him screaming like that. So I think I just turned it off, which I would continue to do if I didn't have to listen to it all the way through. But I'm glad I did. It was better than I thought it was. It was Lincoln Park. Uh, Matt or Lauren? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got that incredible sample that the bridge... Um, I'll just read my notes here. Um, great riff, using the sampled violins with the little guitar stabs, Chester's vocals into the best bridge on the album. I, yeah, I love this song. It's always been a favorite of mine. Always been a huge fan. Um, the music video is the best music video the band's ever made. Mark Romanek directed it. Mm. It is uh, basically the entire band uh, shot with cameras behind them. So there's a bright lights projecting onto them. So you see the audience is sort of lit, but the band is all only silhouettes for like the first two thirds of the video. And they look super cool, super great. And then at one point, Chester goes into the, goes on like the walkway out into the audience. Camera goes real high. And he does the screen part that I had you play, Matt. Um, and he is like stone still just doing the scream while the entire audience is illuminated by these lights and is just going bananas. It's a wonderful visual. Great video. I love it so much. Um, Menace. I said it at the beginning of, uh, of the commentary on this track. This is what I think of when I think of Linkin Park. It is, it is them at their best. Yeah, I I think I think it is the. Is it overproduced? Perhaps. Is it slick? Perhaps. But it executes perfectly on all cylinders. Shinoda's raps are short. They get yeah. right to Chester screaming when they come back. The balance is there. It feels good this is a start to finish good song dare i say great song i would say it all right i would say it wow but if you but i can see somebody not this not being their thing and if this wasn't their thing i would say yeah you never need to listen to another lincoln park song yes you know what i mean like yeah this is doing this is them doing all of their tricks yeah yeah. I so I want to say I know that like I I don't share your enthusiasm for this band Lauren, but I mm. do want to say I think this is a good album. Like I'm now <laughs> that I'm older, I think I'm able to see when things are good and successful and like what they're doing and it, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's not fully for me. So, uh, I think it's good. I just want to say that. Um, okay. I have never seen the video. I almost was well, like that's on brand. Yeah, that's, that's on brand for you. My yeah. brand. Even if I wanted to watch a video at this point, I just I couldn't do it. Uh, all right. All right. Up next, we've got Figure Nine. All 
these thoughts and the pain attached to them Sometimes I wonder why this is happening It's like nothing I can do would distract me when I think of how I shot myself in the back again Cause from the infinite words I can say I put all the pain you gave to me on display But didn't realize instead of setting it free I took what I hated and made it a part of me So this one, um, this feels very business as usual. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like very much an album track. Like this is, Linkin Park can do this in their sleep, you know. And they just did a better version of this song. Mm. Like this is where I feel like even in early 2000s, this is 13 tracks on here and the first track was just the buffer track. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I've said it once, I'll say it again. Like eh, twelve tracks should be your topper, baby. <laughs> like give me ten to twelve <laughs> tracks. Um Yeah. Especially because of what they do when they do it well, all you want to hear is that. But when you hear this version of what they do, it's not what we just heard. Like we just heard faint, which had which had the same like the same pattern that this song has. Yeah. But this song is a little bit slower and it doesn't work as well. Like, like everything is kind of set up the same way. We got the chunky riff. We got Shinoda going. We're going to go to Chester to take us home on the, uh, on the chorus. And then we're going to go back to Shinoda to come under the vocal with, to root it in. And you're going to be like, Oh, cool. I feel safe again. I'm back home. But it doesn't, It this song misses from me because it just is too rote. They're too good at that style to do a song like this. Jenny, anything? Uh, no, I add? agree. Commenters on songmeanings.com. This song has 50 comments. And uh, commenter Wild Rover says, I really like this song. It makes me think of the alien from Alien growing in somebody's chest because of the you become a part of me line. I said, that's that's the kind of out-of-the-box thinking I go to songmeanings.com for. <laughs> that is true. All right. Up next, we've got Breaking the Habit. I don't know what's worth fighting 
so I got to tell you guys, um, when um, the day that Chester um, killed himself, I remember I actually listened to this album for the first time in a long time. And really, like you said, Jenny, like it's tough to hear these lyrics now and not just be sort of like overwhelmed by, you know, the message that has apparently been in there the whole time that we just weren't noticing. And that really did hit me on that listen that I was just like, man, this song after song, just about just dealing with all this like pain that just, yeah, like you said, just sort of, we just sort of glossed over and never really considered, I guess. Um, this video, uh, this uh, song, um, from what I can tell, um, everyone thinks that it's about Chester talking about suicide, but apparently Shinoda came up with the initial theme of the song uh, and it had been playing around with it for a while in regards to someone he knew that had like a drug habit issue. But the video for the song, which is an anime video, I believe it was done by the same person who did the anime sequence in Kill Bill, um, has a lot of eerie, it can only be considered now eerie suicide imagery with Chester like reverse going up a building from jumping off and stuff that's a little um, uncomfortable to see now. Um, but yeah, what'd you think of this one, Jenny? Uh, I thought this song was just a pop song. I didn't think it was very new metal. Um, mm. I thought it was a good pop song. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like a sad pop song that somebody would play like a dive bar when it's like mm. late or like listening to like by themselves in a car. Mm-hmm. what do you think, Matt? This is the version of a Chester song that I like the most. Him singing on this one works he's not doing that whisper sing he's actually singing and when he gets to breaking the habit in retrospect i think i wouldn't have given as much credence as i do now where it's like oh shit he was really saying it like yeah right you know and i think i hear that more now than i did then but that might just because because of what happened which is, I don't know as a listener if I would have been that in tune with that back in 2003. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the song absolutely works as a Chester song. Like this, this is the version of a Chester song I like from Linkin Park. You know, it's like, is it a new metal song? Mm, probably not. It's much yeah. more of a, of a pop song. Pop song. Slow this down a little bit and put Phil Collins on it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not impossible. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's a little bit like a song from Tarzan. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, All right. Now I'm just going crazy. What but if? You're losing it. Um, okay. Uh, next up, we have From the Inside.
Let me see them lighters. <laughs> Matt, yeah. you didn't like this one? No, I didn't. Uh, oh. This one does not work for me. Hmm. Okay. This one feels hokey. This one feels like faux. Get those those lighters up. Like this didn't earn your lighter, Matt. This did not earn my lighter. They've done better songs on this album already. They've done better versions of this song on this album already. This uh, this album should be ten <laughs> ten songs. Wow, big bold move from me. Matt's wow. just like. Matt, you just got these scissors out and you're just trim, trim, trimming away. Dude, that's a hot B-side maybe, but like put it on the album? I don't know. I really like this one. I think this one's really good. Jenny? Uh, I'm probably right in the middle of the two of you. I think it's a fine Linkin Park song. Uh, I appreciated the screaming on the bridge. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I, I would have to agree with Matt. I think that this this song has been done better on other songs on this album. Um, but it's not terrible. Just a Linkin Park song on a Linkin Park album. <laughs> Let me ask you this. The way that you sort of talk about it, is there a feeling that like Linkin Park is almost a genre unto themselves? I think that they have a very extremely defined sound. Um, I because think that I, yeah. they they know. I think they know what they're going for, and they know mm-hmm. how to get there. Because mm-hmm. well, whenever was, we yeah. whenever we hear an album with a rapper and a vocalist, nine times out of ten, we want them to sound like Linkin Park, right? Because they. Mm. <sighs> They really made that sound their own. I was going to say perfected it, which is why I kind of groaned there for a second. Um, but they they absolutely made that sound their own mm-hmm. of having two unique voices working together in inside of a song. Um, and you can easily pick a Linkin Park song out of a lineup and you can tell a Linkin Park wannabe song mm-hmm. out of a lineup. Like we've heard them, yeah, and we're and we're always like, man, I wish it was just a Lincoln Park song, yeah, yeah. But when they do things like this, it it just kind of always left me cold. Hmm. I was like, eh, it's just not my thing. Songmeanings.com. bloodbath. Oh, I, no, never a bloodbath. Everyone's helping each other out. Forty-seven comments. Commenter, Green Day Baby, said, "Quote." I love Linkin Park, end quote, doesn't even begin to cover it. So that's a strong pro for this song. And Broken Hearted Vamp said, I listened to this song a lot when I broke up with my ex. Ha, to that asshole. And then Dare to Boogie 23 commented and said, me too. I exercise, drive, sleep, work to this song. It's very therapeutic for me in getting over my ex. So if you need to get over an ex... Songmeetings.com says this is the Lincoln Park song for you. All right. Useful advice. Thank you, songmeetings.com. Up next, we've got Nobody's Listening. Yo, peep the style and the kids 
checking for it. The number one question is how could you ignore it? We drop right back in the cut over basement tracks with raps that got you backing us up like rewind that. We're just rolling with the rhythm, rise from the ashes of stylistic division. With these non-stop lyrics of life living, not to be forgotten, but still unforgiving. But in the meantime, there are those who want to talk this and that. So I suppose that it gets to a point where feelings gotta get hurt and get dirty with the people spreading the dirt of gold. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I mean, this also feels like you know we we know Mike Shinoda loves like Wu Tang and stuff like that. So you you know that that seemed to be like a little bit of give me in that the production. boom bap. I just want that boom bap. Yeah, I was listening to Wu. Char- Char- Charles Mansion, are are you are you coming out of retirement? I'm gonna be coming back, dude. Oh boy! Oh well, boy! Your parents are not out of the house. They they took away my PlayStation. Oh, that's too bad, Charles. I'm sorry. Yeah. Charles <laughs> <laughs> Minch. I dropped three hot singles. What you do, Charles Minch? Uh, I haven't done much, Charles. Yeah. Bella, you live live your life. I I have been. Thank you. You Can continue to live your congratulations, life. Congratulations, well. lady. Oh, thank you. I'm 16. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> stay stay 16. I'm 16 forever. Yeah, stay 16 forever. I got a bunch of face tattoos. Oh, Charles. Oh, whoa. Well, uh, you'll right. be fine. It, no, well, they're not real. It's just my cousin with a Sharpie. Oh, okay. Well, Charles, you're a nerd. <laughs> this one says devil face. <laughs> I see that. It looks uh, it's haunting. Yeah. I watched Joker's Wild once. <laughs> oh my God. Snoop oh Dogg man. was the host. <laughs> um, my favorite line in the song, actually, <laughs> I, I did like this line, was See um, you later, everyone. <laughs> Bye, later, Charles. Charles, me and she. A heart full of pain, head full of stress, hand full of anger held in my chest. I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I like that one. But this is not one of my fave songs. I, I feel like if it had a stronger hook or like there was more of a. Like it went more heavier in the hook, but it doesn't. And so it, it always felt uh, not quite there for me. Jenny? Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it doesn't sound like really anything else that's on the album too much. No. Um, and Chester sounds a lot like Jonathan Davis in Ooh. this to me. The way he says, May, I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was all right, but not... Not one of the stronger songs on the album. Uh, so, Matt, you had been talking about a possible bloodbath on uh, songmeetings.com. Yes. Uh, now we're at it. Okay. Uh, because we got some Linkin Park haters that were rolling in. And um, people were getting pretty mad. They were coming in hot. Um, LP fan HN um, Basically said, you know, to one person said, you're a bitch who doesn't deserve to listen to music. Mm-hmm. But my favorite comment was from Okita Kun, who said, I'm not sure which is funnier. 
The Lincoln Park haters who can't seem to mind their own business, so they come to Lincoln Park boards to bash Lincoln Park fans, or the fans who murder the English language and doing little more than proving the haters right. I am 16 years old. I own both Hybrid Theory and Meteora. I also own Breaking Benjamin's We Are Not Alone and Saturate, Crossfade's first album, Corns Take a Look in the Mirror, Life is Peachy, Not My Fave, and Issues. I also own Led Zeppelin's first album, fourth album, and Houses of the Holy. I own Pink Floyd's The Wall, Final Cut, and Greatest Hits. I love Slayer, Metallica, Testament, Exodus, and Anthrax. I even like Death Metal. Not all Linkin Park fans are depressed 12-year-olds who hate their parents. I suggest to the LP haters to post under bands that they like and leave people who do not like them alone. As for the LP fans, act like you have a slight bit of intelligence and maybe you won't get bashed as much Woo! wow he came for him that's a 16 year old who's got things figured out and a lot of albums he's got a lot of <laughs> albums and he will list them all and i love how the only one that gets any sort of critique is life is peachy not my fave not my fave bro not my fave. still got it yeah all right up next we've got session This is an instrumental track. Instrumental oh, yeah. track. Yes. Just letting Mr. Han go crazy on an MP7. Is that an it, MP7? Interesting note. I thought this was a Mr. Han track. It is not a Mr. Han track. It is mostly Shinoda. Uh, the notes in the liner notes say Mike created the majority of this instrumental song in the back of the bus in Pro Tools recording software. It felt unfinished for over a year until Brad, Phoenix, and Joe put their touches on it while in the studio at Energy. Months later, the band and mixer Andy Wallace added a new dynamic to the song with quick panning accents and the turntable solo, most noticeable when listening in headphones. Yeah, that's right. Our boy Andy Wallace mixed this one. I'm sure he was like, oh, good. Nobody's burying this record in the in the ground. No. <laughs> Poor Andy Wallace. MPC. My God, I couldn't remember then. I was like, MP7. That's not right. MPC. MP. Uh, uh, Jenny, what did you think of Session? It was fine. It's exactly what it is. You just okay. heard it. You don't need yep. to listen to the whole thing. You just heard it. <laughs> uh, it is also on the Matrix Reloaded soundtrack. Um, and songmeanings.com, it doesn't matter. There's no lyrics. We got comments. Bane 2 said, this song <laughs> is an amazing track to meditate to. That said, it's also good to fight to. I did not think that was the F you were coming with. Me neither. This is a let me explore your body track. Oh, God, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Matt, Matt, what Matt, do you Matt. This are is you, on my you... sex playlist, guys. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm in for a hot fuck sesh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Too much? All right. Well, Matt, I'm glad you brought that up because there was a commenter whose name is, I believe, supposed to be the ther- a therapist, but um, they have a th- number three for the letter E. 
And yeah, it's spelled crazy. It's Siamese.com. And this was actually a downvoted comment, but it's too good to pass up. Hey, I don't know what you guys will think of this, but I've always thought this song, maybe not to the band members, is about sex. I know it has no lyrics and can't have an intended meaning, but I always thought it has to do with emotional sex. Now, it could be just a session with Han showing off a masterpiece and sort of a break at the end of the album before Numb finishes it off, but to me, it makes me think of sex. Listen to the instruments, the hot beat, the effects playing harshly with each other, a soft beat to get it on, emotional sounds, jiggling in the beginning, then the main beat bashes in (laughs) with a shifty effect in your ears, and then the beats lag and make all those sick sounds I don't know what to call, then the chorus with the piano and screaming sound plays, it's almost like a depressed guy's, which is a lot of LP songs deal with this, lover is trying to make love to him so he'll feel better for a night, another session maybe? I can totally imagine this. And when the guitar comes in, they feel the emotion between each other as they kiss and do it at the same time. Then at the <laughs> end of the song... Oh, no, no, stop. <laughs> you can't kiss and do it at the same time. Uh, this guy Watch says me. you can. <laughs> <laughs> this guy says you can kiss and do it at the same time. I'm not so sure. I you mean, can, you can kiss and do it. No, Charles, no, Charles, I mean, I don't, I don't trust you, Charles. I don't we'll know. Put it in a song. Charles, do you have a girlfriend? I can't be tied down. <laughs> That's good for you, man. I'm married to the music. All right. right. Okay. Okay. So I got a little more to this because it's insane. Okay. Uh, so he says, uh, yeah, uh, kiss and do it at the same time. Then at the end of the song, that beat changes and sounds like something like liquid is about to break. Then the wailing sound finishes the song like the pleasure from the sex was so relieving for the guy's pain that he had to stop and feel it as he slowly stops jizzing as he stares in his lover's <laughs> eyes. Can you imagine this? I hope I won't get in trouble and all for going in extreme detail. Flat face emoji. <laughs> As you slowly stop jizzing. Oh, I hope I'm how not. romantic. You're in trouble. And you guys, commenter Hello Bye commented on this song two years later and said, you have ruined this song for me, <laughs> OMG. <laughs> what, do you, what, you don't want to hear about someone throwing ropes while you're listening to a song? I feel like this person didn't realize at the time that there's a whole place for fan fiction. Correct. <laughs> um, oh, God. Jenny, how respectful of our time is this record? Uh, very respectful of our time. It comes in at 36 minutes and 43 seconds. Holy crap. Yep. Very efficient. Uh, that said, now that we have that image in our head, we've got one song Just left to go. Finish throwing ropes and looking yep. your eye. <laughs> As we slowly stop jizzing into our last song. <laughs> Numb. Drip. <laughs> Of walking in 
So I did realize listening to this one that I've definitely heard the uh, mashup, the Collision Course version, way more than I've heard this song, um, at least in the last like ten years or so. Especially just from the Miami Vice movie and everything that uh, that had sort of taken up real estate in my head of how this song is supposed to sound. So Matt, when you sort of did that thing at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, that's what I normally expect for this song to do at the beginning is to have Jay Z pop in. Uh, Jenny, thoughts on Numb? I think it's a good last song for the album. Um, this is one that I do remember believing when in like 2003 or four, whenever the single was released. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is a good, this still is like a put your lighters up song to me, but it has enough like new metal elements in it that it didn't feel like a, a total mm-hmm. just straight up pop song. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. Lauren? I think it's a good closer, uh, once again, sort of in the vein of a crawling or in the end. Um, the video uh, has a girl who is an artist who has no friends and is alienated at school and home, intercut with the band performing in a church. And the most interesting thing about the video is that at one point there's this weird insert shot of Shinoda adjusting his microphone that I just don't know why it's in there. It's like they needed a shot so... They have like Shinoda like messing with his microphone and it just, that's what I took out of it. I was like, what is this? Um, Why is this in the video? What's happening here? I don't need to know about Shinoda's mic problems. This girl's got no friends. Um, At the end of the video, she runs to the church to find Linkin Park has already left, which is kind of a dark ending. Like you just missed the Linkin Park concert and you have no friends. So Uh, Matt, what'd you think of Numb? It's a classic Linkin Park song. Once again, demonstrating what they do best um, at a little bit of a slower tempo. Like Faint is them at a little bit more aggressive. This is probably somewhere around 100 BPM, I would guess. Uh, Whereas Faint, I would put right around 135, baby! (laughs) Um, It is subject matter that is relatable on a, no matter where you are in your life like i think it's very relatable the younger you are but at the same time if you are still trying to figure out who you are or have somebody telling you what they think you should be this song works for you like um and i think that's why it was such a big success for them it's like it's, if you have someone in your life telling you what you should be doing uh, you know numb is going to play well for you um, i think so uh, and it's it just speaks to the band again being able to put those feelings into a very very polished pop song agreed. all right all right agreed i guess we're at that part of the show you guys cannon talk cannon talk there we go so um we didn't really talk about any reviews for this album. Sadly, Robert Christgau bowed out, did not review this album. Um, but if you want a hotline about it, Rolling Stone gave it three stars and said that this is Linkin Park squeezing the last remaining life out of this nearly extinct formula, which is one hell of a backhanded compliment. Um this is what I have to say about the album. Uh, it's a good but safe follow-up album. They follow their template without uh, wavering to, uh, almost to a fault. 
There are a couple standouts, but I can't see this as an essential recording anymore, although I did probably for a long time. If there's anything I think for the canon, faint line from you and the faint video. Jenny? You know, I think of this album as really representing what new metal was at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say put it in, Ooh. but I see what you mean. Um, I, I would definitely agree with faint and uh, lying from you for sure. Um, I've not seen the faint video, so I couldn't tell you, but I trust you. Well, hey, do you want to, because as we all know, you know, we positioned the voodoo video as a possibility. You went home, watched it on your own time, came back in and said, oh, right, you guys. I mean, do you want to go? Like, take some, take a <laughs> take minute. Take some time. <laughs> take some time, watch the faint video, come back, let us know what you feel. Uh, sure, I can do that. Okay. I can do that. But I would right. certainly say that faint and lying from you uh, would go in the canon. I'm curious about your thoughts, Matt. You know, it's funny. Um, faint, I think, is faint is kind of like a shoe in. I, I think that one goes in, no questions asked. I'm kind of surprised that we're not talking about the whole album as well. Not, but it's kind of the same problem I had with the first record. Now, uh, eagle eared listeners will know that I was not present. For the first record that is one that was done by our good friend eric hanky helm in the production um while i was surfing it up in hawaii dude um but there's something about this record that it does capture the style at that time very well to what jenny was saying but it's not the strongest representation so it's not essential to what lauren was saying so I'm yeah, I'm yeah. really torn on it. I really I think faints in. Mm-hmm. But when I think of numb, I think of the first record. So then mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, well, the whole first record went in. Wouldn't numb go in? You know, and then mm-hmm. I I start looking at the tracks. Well, well, then wouldn't breaking the habit go in? Well, wouldn't, you know, like, Somewhere I Belong go in? Like, I'm looking at the hits. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of new metal in those hits. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I mean, for an album that came out during the come down, they were still repping it pretty hardcore. Hard. Yeah. I, I think, I guess the thing for me was that initially I was, um, I guess, uh, you know, I, I guess I was just thinking like, you know, it's so similar to the first album, but I guess mm. at the same time, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, we should be, I mean, I think a lot of bands would be so lucky to have as solid a follow-up to their big album that, that Linkin Park had with Meteora, you know? I mean, yeah. I think of a lot of bands who, you know, for second record, they just, they lose it, you know? And Linkin Park, if anything, they were like, we'll make... Our second record would actually be tighter and, you know, like really cement us, you know. I mean, yeah, if we want to put the whole thing in, I'm not going to stand in your way. 
so that's what I'm torn about. Do we put the? We have here's so here's the problem. We have said multiple songs are straight ahead pop songs. They are not new metal songs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right. But is there enough new metal in the record to pull the whole thing through? I mean, we're looking at thirteen tracks, twelve of which are actual songs. One of them's just that buffer song. I I know it's I hard feel for like... me to be like numb isn't a new metal song even oh, though I, I you know like I I think new metal I think that's a new metal song I would say the uh, what was the one Jenny that you pointed out a uh, breaking the habit you felt was more of like a pop song yeah. than a new metal song but pretty much the rest of it is new metal somewhere I where I belong is definitely new metal um let's do it all right let's do it let's do it fuck it hey you know what. <laughs> I'm going to stop jizzing right now. Yeah, I'm going to slowly <laughs> stop, stop jizzing. And we're going to welcome. And I'm going to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. The other thing, I didn't love the whole record. But at the same time, I kind of feel like it, it needs to go in, which is weird. I feel a little conflicted about this one. I agree. I feel. I think I feel the way that you do, Matt, where I'm a little conflicted because I didn't love the whole thing. But I just think that it's so representative of this moment in, like, the genre. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was a huge album. A huge album in the come down. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it's very solid. And I think more than, like being something that it's like holy shit this is the best thing i've ever heard it's like this is like very representative of what this genre was at this moment mm-hmm. yeah that's where i'm coming from on this i think that's i think that settles it it's lincoln in- park meteora welcome in the canon and that does bring us to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on saying hello on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Send us an email, roachcoachpodcast at gmail.com. That is Coach with a K. We will see you all next week. Until then, Jenny, thank you. Lauren, thank you. Matt, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise and awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, Except, Bang Tang,
Shingo, King Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event.